Hello, and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now. I don't think you can say that anymore, can you? No, I cannot. We need a new intro. Da, 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 da. <laughs> because I'm no longer the boyfriend. No. I am the fiancé. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we had a very exciting week away with our Pirates of Penzance-themed holiday. Yes. And came back affianced. Very exciting. We sure did. I got down on one knee. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. everyone seems to ask, like, did Danny get down I know, on right? one knee? It's the first thing everybody says. Is it really uncommon these days? Or I don't know. I think no. it, I don't know a whole lot about Me weddings either. or engagements. So I've never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I got down on one knee and Drew said yes. Yes, indeed. I so did. this is now... Uh, the musical podcast where Drew forces her fiancé mm-hmm. to watch musicals he should have seen by now. And then we talk about them. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who has reached out on Twitter and Instagram since we announced our engagement with all their positive thoughts and congratulations. It's been an amazing whirlwind mm-hmm. and we appreciate every single one of you reaching out to congratulate us. You know, thank you so much. Um, there's so many people that, <laughs> sounds like I'm about to make an academy speech, there's so many people I'd like to thank. But there, there really were some amazing well wishes and I can't list everyone you know um, how much we appreciate every single one of you. So thank you. Yeah. It's appropriate. I didn't know that this week's musical was about weddings. Yeah, so I magically managed to pick out a on-topic film without meaning to. Yes. But I'm just that good. Obviously. You had no idea. No, I did not. So we're watching a musical this week mm-hmm. that is themed around weddings. Yes. And you said it was a film that wants to be Mamma Mia. Yeah, so in the the time after Mamma Mia came out, which Mamma Mia came out in 2008? Yes, same year as The Dark Knight. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess. So after Mamma Mia came out, there was sort of a resurgence of movie musicals, but also specifically movie jukebox musicals because after Mamma Mia we had things like Fame yep. got made into a new musical and movie musical and that made a resurgence with things like Burlesque came out two years later which also uses a nice eclectic soundtrack you had things like obviously decoms were coming but they were introducing into decoms the sort of pre-existing Disney Channel actors yeah. who had their own music careers and putting those songs into the movies now. We had Rock of Ages. We did. Which we obviously had... is stage show first, but also a very famous jukebox musical. Mm-hmm. But we also had a lot of things like they made the Les Mis movie musical. They made Pitch Perfect, which is a jukebox musical. Yeah. You also have things like Let It Shine, which was okay. Obviously, you haven't heard of it. (laughs) I didn't expect you to have. But a lot of these big movie musicals didn't happen until after Mamma Mia happened. And there is a direct connection between the success, box office-wise, of Mamma Mia Mm -hmm. and the green lighting of a lot of movie musicals that came out after. What I find really interesting is a lot of those musicals you've listed... Mm. 
are musicals that already existed anyway. Yes. You know, Fame, Lamez, Rock of Ages were pre-established Broadway shows mm-hmm. that people were seeking to capitalise on the momentum. We also had Into the Woods. Yep. You know, wanting to capitalise on the goodwill of Mamma Mia. But I think what's interesting with things like Burlesque, Pitch Perfect, and with uh, Walking on Sunshine, mm-hmm. these weren't Broadway shows first. These were very much narratives written around songs. Yeah. Maybe not so much Pitch Perfect. I think that that possibly also is capitalising off the Glee success. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I first saw the trailer for it, I thought, oh, it's just like a movie version of Glee. And it's so much better, but that was my initial response because the whole acapella. Oh, Pitch Perfect, yeah. yeah. But with Better Walking actors. on Sunshine, this is a jukebox musical that didn't exist outside of the film. Correct. And is very much looking at, well, hey, we've got some great songs. Let's build a story around these songs. Yeah. So you also get things like... You've heard of Sunshine on Lee. Yes. And that my grandmother mentioned it to you yesterday. Yep. That came out the year before Walking on Sunshine. It came out in 2013. Walking on Sunshine came out in 2014. So there are a lot of these smaller jukebox musicals that are new builds, basically, yes. being released in the wake of Mamma Mia. Because, first of all, Mamma Mia did ridiculously well at the box office. And... On home release. And they announced that there was the possibility of Mamma Mia 2. And other filmmakers were like, okay, people like this. People like the storytelling. They like the music of this. Where can we get music from that we can capitalise on and make these movies now? Because you had... A sort of similar thing in the West End of like obviously Rock of Ages yep. has a lot of different uh, musicians with their music in the shows. But if you think of We Will Rock You, if you actually look at that as a show on its own, the plot isn't important. No, but it's one that I'm so desperate to see. It's really good. <laughs> but if if I told you the plot line, oh, of I've it, read a summary separate of the to plot, the, the yeah. music, it's bizarre. It's crazy. Yeah. But... Cool, but bizarre. Yeah, outside of Mamma Mia and outside of We Will Rock You, mm-hmm. there aren't many musicals that I can think of that specifically use the music of one recording artist slash group. I think yeah. potentially um, Thriller. It, I don't know if that's a musical or not, but I know it's on in the West End. That's the music of Michael Jackson slash Jackson 5. You've got so... Tina. But you don't get many jukebox musicals that it's just one artist. Yeah, so you, there's two different kinds of jukebox musicals, right? Yeah. There's the biopics. Yes. Things like Beautiful, Thriller, Tina, you know what I mean? Yeah, which tells the story and uses the songs through them. And yeah. then you've got Mamma Mia and uh, We Will Rock You, which is a fictionalised story around the songs. And I can't think outside of those two of another kind of jukebox musical that just uses one groups like background i know that no that's true i'm sure people are screaming at us right now being like no you've well i know that there's there's talk on twitter of a princess diana musical to the music of steps hilarious incredible you know i think 
That would be very much in line with Mamma Mia and We Will Rock You just using one. Oh, Spice World. Yeah. Technically, because it's like a completely fictional story, except all the characters play themselves. Yeah. But then that didn't have the longevity. That was a very, very short season and it flopped. We're going to totally watch that at some point. It is an incredible movie. But in the same way that, you know, jukebox musicals, where you can take as much as you want from other people, Mm -hmm. they continue to be really popular. Look at Anne Juliet. Yes. Which is one of the biggest newer musicals, I would say, that uses that. Mm -hmm. And does it really, really well too. Well, that's what we've got here. So Walking on Sunshine exclusively features covers of songs from the 80s from a very wide range of artists. So I said it to you last time. And Madonna, I think you said, was listed. Madonna, Bananarama, Whitney Houston... Human League, Katrina and the Waves, obviously. Uh, the Bangles, Cindy Lauper, Duran Duran, George Michael, Billy Idol, Cher, and Wham. Wow. Yep. That's quite interesting. So I feel like we might get, if we've got... I don't want to take a guess at every single song we're going to have. Because there could be <laughs> okay. so many. So which Madonna song do you think they're using? Papa Don't Preach. Okay. Whitney Houston. I don't know enough Whitney Houston songs. I want to dance with somebody. No. Human League. <sighs> don't You Want Me Baby. Yes. Obviously, Walking on Sunshine, Katrina and the Waves. Is the Cindy Lauper... I don't know enough bangles. <gasps> There's only one good bangles song. Is Cindy Lauper going to be Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Yes. Yeah. It, George Michael Sash Wham. Faith. Yep. <laughs> it's the only song you can use. But if you've said you've said wham as well, which means there's going to be something like the jitterbug. Well, that's not what that song's called, but yeah. The jitterbug. That's not the name of the song. I know, but I'm trying to think of it now. Wake me up. Is that in this? That's the same song. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is that in this? Yes. Cool. What share song do you think is in this? Do you believe in life after night? Because that's the 90s. (laughs) I like this game. I don't know enough share songs. So... They wanted to make this a comedy drama. It's a, a rom-com, essentially. It's Mamma Mia light. features on just about every wedding movie playlist ever, which is a thing <laughs> that I've looked up now. And it has things like Sense and Sensibility, which features an actor who is also in this film. Um, obviously, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2. And then you've got like this. And there's a whole bunch of others, but this is so funny. I that. just love the fact that it's worked out this I way. I know, right? It's crazy. I'm just that good. So, who was the team behind this? Are there any actors I'm going to recognise in this? How well did this fare? So, this is from Max Giwa and Dania Pasquani. I've no idea if I'm pronouncing those correctly, but they don't have Wikipedia pages. Okay. So, so they were the writers. Uh, directors written by Joshua St. Johnson, which is one of those funky made up names for a group of people. A group of people. <laughs> Produced by James Richardson with uh, distribution by Vertigo Films. Very small film then. Yes. But we have a wonderful, lovely cast. So we have Hannah Arterton, Gemma Arterton's sister. Yeah. Annabelle Showley. As another character who you would recognise, I think, from 
Well, I recognised her from Being Human, which I... was a show I was obsessed with. My mum loved Being Human. Yeah, it was really good. She was in EastEnders for a while. Never watched EastEnders. Really? She was in the Medici series, which was really, really good. Maybe you won't recognise her then. Maybe you will, but, you know. We also have Giulio Baruti as the love interest. It's an Italian name, yeah. and therefore he's the love interest. He's in the Lizzie McGuire movie, and I love him. Is he the one who's like the, the He's prince? not Paolo, no. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a really good actor. He's in a lot of Italian movies. Um, he's going to be in The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I really wanted to see that when it came out of the cinema. But yeah. It, I, I, it didn't stay long enough. Has that come out yet? Yeah. I didn't know that. Been and gone. Oh, and also... The acting debut of Leona Lewis. Famously from The X Factor. Cats, yeah, but okay. Well, she was on The X Factor first. She won The X Factor yeah, and then she went to be Grizabella. She was really good as Grizabella yeah. in this stage show. Yeah. And then we have Greg Wise, who is Willoughby in the film version of Sense and Sensibility. Which one's Willoughby? The one we don't like. The bad guy. <laughs> Is that the one that Jake played? Yes. Cool. He, my brother played him in a performance. Of <laughs> so is he playing the same type of character here? Is he the cad? We'll have to see. Okay. That is very much his casting type though, which is kind of funny. I remember the hype of this one coming out because I remember like adverts for Walking on Sunshine. Well, Yeah, it's just a Every really good advert. Song. And I think it's sponsored a few shows I watched and you'd have like a little thing beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I got quite frustrated with this. And I was never that interested in watching it in the first place. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be some good, cheesy fun. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine the critical reception to this was that good. Mm, so, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 33% rating. Okay. Better than the pirate movie, then. Yeah. However, generally, in feedback for this movie, it was well-liked by reviewers because it has a lot of... It's all the songs you want to hear from the 80s, you know? It's a, a good time. It's Yeah, it's a good time. It's a fine plotline, you know? It's not going to change the world, but it's no. going to put you in a good mood. Yes. Okay. So it's... Uh, one of the quotes I found, you'd be hard-pressed to avoid having a good time. Yeah. Mostly because of, you know, you're going to be attached to these songs enough to care about what's happening. But you have things like how out of this movie, there was a whole resurgence in holidays and vacations to the part of Italy where it was filmed, which actually did wonders for tourism at which the time. Which part of Italy is it filmed It's in, in? Salento. Okay. Which is the heel yeah. of the boot, which is what it says on this thing I have in front of me. But it's got really distinctive beaches and the type of houses where the houses look like cones yeah. almost on their skyline, which is really cool. And most of the location was shot with the ideal of having it all shot on location yeah. and bringing tourism to this cool. area. So they tried not to do anything on sets, which is really good. That is very cool. Do you think Mamma Mia had the same thing for Greece? It did. However, ironically, the entire 
hotel. Yeah. Is that what they run in Mamma Mia? It is. The, yeah, the hotel Belladonna. It's a set in a film studio and it's on a massive revolve so they can spin it around without yeah. having to move the cameras, which is very cool. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. I remember you telling me that and enjoying that. But yeah, I always just think it's really funny that that did really well for tourism when they didn't film much of it there. Yeah. Anyway, it's mostly the overhead shots. I feel like I'm going to enjoy this one more than I said I would at the end of Be More Chill. Yeah. Simply because learning that this is a wedding Mm -hmm. musical, I'm in a wedding mood. I don't know why. (laughs) I wonder. I wonder. But I feel like, you know... Mm -hmm. You telling me just that puts me in a mood like, oh, this is going to be fun. This isn't necessarily going to be a star kid musical where I'm, you know, like laughing and having, um, you know, kind of darker humour. This isn't going to be a Hamilton or a Les Mis where it's very, very serious and changes my life. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be far more, you know, like burlesque and maybe some of the decoms where maybe it is just enjoyable. Yeah. Hour and a half watch. Well, on you saying that, I have a quote. In its own goofy way, walking on sunshine is not the cringe fest you might expect. And I found it in some ways more relaxed than Mamma Mia through a more representative 80s jukebox musical. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Lots of talking about the specifics of what's happening in the film. But this one... Uh, reviewer says that at least this film doesn't tie itself in knots trying to accommodate hits from just one band and you have hit on an interesting idea with this film go on holiday now and you will find the jukebox musical in obscure beachfront bars that really are crammed with songs from the 1980s which is kind of true you think about wait when you go on holiday you hear songs you've not heard for a really long time but also i like what they've said about the whole because this isn't a, you know, an ABBA musical, you don't have to tie your narrative around finding the perfect song for this moment or trying mm. to make your narrative lead up to the winner takes it all. Yeah. You actually have the freedom here that you, you've you got all these different 80s hits. You've built up this moment and go, we want this song. We've got to negotiate the rights for it. If we can't get that song, we might be able to get this song. Yeah, you can make a list of songs that are going to work for different yeah. scenes. And that feels like it will work a lot more than... I would love to know how much they paid for the rights for these specific songs individually because I could not find anything on that and it annoyed me. But I want to know how much money they paid. Like, how many royalties are Katrina and the Waves getting? Well, they have things named after it. That's the title song, so that's got to be, like, the big number. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Colour me excited. Hooray! I, I think it's time to walk on sunshine. And time to start our wedding movie viewing extravaganza. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of them. There is. Wedding I have a books, list. wedding songs. Mm-hmm. There's any wedding podcasts out there? I'm sure we'll find them. Oh yeah, that's a good idea actually. I, I, it's my life now. Yeah, it's our life now. <laughs> Fiance. Yes, indeed. So we will be back after the intermission for the biggest wedding spectacular this side of Sometimes Company. See you very shortly. I used to think maybe you love me Now baby I'm 
shore And I just can't wait till the day when you knock on my door Now every time I go for the mailbox, gonna hold myself down just can't wait till you write me you're coming around I'm walking on sunshine whoa I'm walking on sunshine whoa I'm walking on sunshine whoa and don't it feel good and don't it feel good we are back yes we have had some time to process and fully absorb walking on sunshine mm -hmm. so that we can do it the justice that it deserves yes of course i always love it when we do musicals like this because who else is gonna do an episode covering <laughs> walking on sunshine it's great i don't know what you're talking about but you know what i mean like it's the beauty of this podcast, isn't it? It's like some things we're going to give takes on that everyone has given their takes on, and that's fine. Yeah. It's just another insight. You know, who hasn't talked about Hamilton? Mm -hmm. We're just adding to the discord around it. Yeah. Something like Walking on the Sunshine. In my limited research, who else is talking about this movie? And that's quite fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I quite like that part of the conversation. There is an excellent episode on YouTube on Walking on Sunshine by Musical Hell, whom we love. Yeah, I'll have to double If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's hilarious. I will be watching that after we finish recording mm -hmm. because I love Musical Hell's insight. Even if I don't always agree, I love I love hearing what views. other people have to say about this kind of musical. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's just, it's fun. It's something nice when you're like, you're one of a few people talking about this as opposed to... You know, yeah. one of the many. There's not really much to say about this one other than, you know, it is a nice way to spend an afternoon. It's a good time. Yeah, like as a way to spend an hour and a half to get yourself in that kind of wedding mood. Mm -hmm. Our engagement will not be as short as the characters in this. Oh, dear God, no. Or as controversial, I hope. No, I hope not. Please. I... I... Can you imagine? I enjoyed this, but I also have, like, thoughts. And I guess we'll talk about them as we go forward. Do you, did you see this one at the cinema when it came out? When, when was no, the first, I did not. So when was the first time you saw this I'm one? I'm pretty never asked. sure it was on TV and I saw it and it said movie musical and I was like, cool, I'm in. And then I watched it. I was like, these are all songs that I really like. I have characters from it that I'm like, I like this character. I like this character have characters I don't like. Like, I have feelings yeah. about the show. And therefore, in my opinion, that makes it good. Yeah. Like, it made me care about some of these characters. Not the ones we're supposed to, obviously. I, but I think that's the biggest issue I have with this musical, is I care not for <laughs> any of the characters. <laughs> because I think the premise at its core is flawed. Mm. I I don't care about the characters in this one. Well, so, I actively hate Doug. He's probably the only one I actually kind of like. 
because like his growth he's just a gross dude but, like, i don't think he has any growth but like in the same way he's supposed to be our villain and like yeah, I, and like, I hate him but that's what i mean is i like the character as a result because i think he's an effective villain for this world yes i don't think any other character is as developed as he is or as likable as he is i like will but what i do really like about this one is the locations Mm -hmm. and i think the songs are done well yeah and i think the songs and we'll talk about this as we go through i think the songs do work with the context of where they're at yeah and that's the beauty of having you know, all of the soundtrack to the 80s at your disposal here is you could find mm-hmm. a multitude of songs that you want to use yeah. and put them in. And some of them are maybe not the best singing. However, I argue that for this movie, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be able to hear the characters singing over me singing, I, which I think is the point. I think there was one song I was really disappointed by, like the singing and I'll talk about that quite early on because it was our first song. Oh, okay. But oh, okay. I actually quite liked the singing overall. I think it worked. Yeah. So we start in uh, Puglia, Italy. Yes, indeed. It's three years ago and it's my summer holiday. Mm-hmm. The way that's written, it's quite nice. I, I quite like that. Yeah. You know, you, you get the sense of, you know, a diary or a scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And we see our protagonist, Taylor. Mm-hmm. She's about to start uni, her real life. Yep. She's and, with her boyfriend, Raph, on and the beach. he asks her to stay. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, I've got to start my real life. This is just a summer romance. Yeah. Nothing more. Fair enough. Fair enough. At least she's honest about it. She I, leaves him under no false pretense. Yes. Which I appreciate from a movie for once. Yeah. And I really like that we then get like a montage of that summer. She can still recall that last summer. summer. But I got confused because I thought, in terms of the framing device, I thought this was to showcase the summers over the next three years. Oh, I see. Like I, I, I thought she was going back each year to see him and to see the friends she'd made. But no, this was just no, that just summer. that one summer. So she's also got her friends that she made on holiday, which is Leona Lewis. And, and two others. And others. <laughs> Leona Lewis, her character is called Elena. And then we have Mikey. Which one was Mikey? It was Mikey James, James Corden. Corden. <laughs> so we were talking about, as we were watching this movie, that the character Mikey and the character Lil, if this had been made now would be Rebel Wilson and James Corden. And James Corden. Yeah. Or at the very least, the guy that plays Bumper in Pitch Perfect against Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Because that's who they are. That's who their characters are. It's just adult them. And I do think these characters, they want to have more from them than what we actually get. Like, Lil's is cool. I like Lil, yeah. But even then, like, some of her story arc, I'm watching this going, yeah, they just couldn't afford Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. But also I'm watching this thinking, surely there should, why are they teasing a romance between these two when it doesn't really go anywhere? Yeah. And it's the same with Leona Lewis, you know, her character. I actually didn't know her character's name mm-hmm. and her, like, lover's name. I don't know who he is. Enrico. Enrico. I, I didn't catch their names. I just called her Leona Lewis the whole time and not James Corden and Leona Lewis's bae, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I didn't know who they were. And that's, they're basically our 
Greek chorus for this, you know? Yeah, that's what they're here for. I think this is the sort of one that has a lot of potential if it had an extra half an hour. Sure. You could add so much more to some of these characters with an extra half an hour. Mm -hmm. But we see them, summer holiday, done. And we cut to today, to the the, the time and place this is set. And we're at the airport and we are off with our first song, Holiday. This is one of those moments where, you know... <laughs> what happens and you're like ah straight away because she looks straight into the camera and goes yeah. holiday and it's great and you're getting terrible. what you want yeah it's so funny i think the choreography in this sequence is great i love like the airport choreography yeah. you know we get businessmen with their briefcases Brief we get kids going off on a school trip with mm-hmm. their backpacks that have little tags Matching on so we can backpacks. identify yeah. them it's great my biggest issue with this song is her voice feels very auto-tuned in this one yes i agree and there are some songs later on for example there is a share song yeah in this and it doesn't sound auto-tuned in the share song no she can sing because she does other songs more naturally so why was this one auto-tuned and i think it's a really fun opening number but the problem is it doesn't feel like she's actually singing it. It feels like it's a manufactured pop song, which goes against what like musical theatre or musical film should sound. Mm. However, this is the only song that she sings. Oh, no, that's not true. Yeah, she sings others on her she own. She sings one other song on her own. But then that one isn't auto And even the bits that she does as part of a chorus or with other people backing up, she sings perfectly yeah. well. I think it was a choice Yeah. to sound like the source material. It wasn't a good choice for me, but I enjoyed this number. Mm-hmm. We're encouraged to forget the bad times during this song. But it's a really <laughs> weird bit because we get two repetitions of the same newspaper that talk about stocks plummeting. And I thought that was going to be a plot point, And it isn't. I didn't even notice that. It's the same newspaper twice. And we have a very prominent headline of stocks plummet. And we see it once and she looks at the camera and is like, uh-oh. And then she does it again. Oh, and she sings forget about the bad times. Yeah. And then she does it again, and this time she scrunches up the newspaper and throws it away. So I was like, is she like a businesswoman, and is she going to like suffer We don't even being... learn what she studied no, in university. Right? It's a very weird choice. I thought it was going somewhere that it clearly wasn't. It was just a motif. I don't know whether this is just my English perspective either. And maybe it's because she doesn't say what she studied at university. But I feel like unless she was studying to become a lawyer or a doctor, she was taking it way too seriously. But I think that's part of the whole insert yourself into the character view. It's quite nice. To not know. To not know, because anyone can then put themselves in her shoes. Mm. You know, if you say she's a lawyer, maybe there's a few people that turn off to that idea. Yeah. Whereas, again, if you say she was art history, there'll be a few people who... You know, turn off to that idea because they're like, well, she's not me. Yeah. This is the nicest way of doing that whole, I have to choose between love and life. Mm -hmm. So she's, the reason she's here is because she suggested Apulia as a destination for her sister to go on holiday to. Yeah. um, After a recent breakup with Doug, who we instantly are told to hate and it's, we just hate him. It's great. In terms of the introduction to her sister, 
Mm-hmm. My initial note was arrives and meets girlfriend, and they're happy. Like not girlfriend is in romantic partner, female friend. Female yes. friend. I don't think it's clear that they're sisters. I don't think they look alike, which is really funny because there is a point later on where they're like, "We look so alike." I think that's kind of the point to I think position us as Rafe. If Raf, whatever Raf. Yeah, I think if. So it's Annabelle Showley is Maddie, yes, the sister. And Hannah Arterton is Taylor, our protagonist. If they both had the same hair colour, I think they would really look alike. Yes. However, Annabelle Shirley has this very like hip, edgy, blunt bob yeah. thing going on. Think Catherine Zeta-Jones in the opening in Chicago. of Chicago. Yeah, exactly like that. And Hannah Arterton has the like long, sun-kissed locks kind of thing. Yeah. But you can kind of get the sense that maybe they do have the same hair colour and... Maddie has just gone for this look. Yeah. But like she's clearly, it's supposed to be like a comment on their characters, isn't it? Like uh, Taylor has very traditional hair. Yes. And Maddie has wild girl hair, you yeah, know? Yeah, because they are yin and yang. Mm-hmm. They are the same, but two parts are the same and they need to embrace being more like the other. Yeah. You need to get some mix of both. But it took me until after the second song to figure out that they were sisters. That is the first time that they say it. Yeah, I. but I just feel like it should be something more soon, more sudden, you know? Mm-hmm. We do meet... Lil. Lil. I love her. I like Lil. I think she's a fun character. We find out that she is an erotic book Writer. novelist. Yeah. yeah. And she has come here for inspiration. I love her. <laughs> and again, I like her character. Mm-hmm. But in terms of tropes, I've seen the bigger girl being an erotic fiction writer before. Have you? Yeah. In what? I don't know. I feel like I've seen this character before, but multitudes of other ways. Sure. Uh, I don't know. It felt very obvious that she'd be that quirky friend who is going to go off and have threesomes and is going to... Yeah, it does feel like it's the... um... Oh, but she's everyone finds her really sexy despite the it's fact the fat that she's Amy fat. thing. Yeah, yeah. That, which and, like whatever. But they, again, it feels like they wrote this wanting Rebel Wilson, couldn't get Rebel Wilson, so they got another actor, and and she does a fantastic job as Lil. I think Lil is one of the highlights of this film. Mm. But I just feel like the character is nothing new. Yeah. And therefore, I've always got like, my back up against her. Like, I'm never going to fully see her as a character because I just feel like she's a trope more than anything else. Yeah. If that makes sense. We learn that the sister is engaged despite being on a man-tox. Mm-hmm. She's come here to find herself, to process her breakup from Doug. And she found herself in wrath. In five weeks. Yep. And she's she's she comes across very like Stacey from Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> Sure. You know, that... She's, like, quite likeable, but a bit dim. But also goes from man to man. Like, she'll go to Doug, leave Doug for a bit, find someone else, but go back to Doug. Yeah. All roads lead back to him. But, you know, she falls in love very, very quickly. What is it? Stacey is engaged five or six times before Gavin. You know, and she's got all of her rings still. Sure. It just felt like you could expect that from this character again, that she would just be... Engaged, 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 called off, whatever. Yes. So she says she's getting married in two days. 
this is insane is the line from Taylor. I liked that. Her reaction was great. It felt like a very She's genuine like being reaction. supportive. She's yeah. just like, you're crazy. And Lil thinks that he's a great guy. And I write here, will this Obviously. be Taylor's guy from the prologue? Obviously. Like, it's so obvious. I think I should address this point now. Mm. This is the point where I stop caring about the characters. Why? Because they're sisters and because they're both going to be over the same guy. There is no... Oh, if they were just friends, you'd be okay with If they them. were just friends, I'd be fine with this. Yeah. But because they're sisters, it feels like... I can't root for any of them to hook up with Raph at the end. Here's my thing. There's no reason for them to be sisters. No. Because it... even the bit where we... So we learn later on that their mum died. And... That's supposed to be a sort of hinge to why Taylor has to be here yeah. because she's going to give her away. Why not just have it that Maddie's mum's died? Yeah. And Taylor's always been there yeah. for her. That is my biggest issue with this. It kind of doesn't matter. They don't need to be sisters. Because if you give me a found family story, I'm so here for that. Yeah. But I just think uh, when she inevitably finds out that she's dating her sister's summer love... Mm. She should want to call off the romance straight away. Right. And certainly, if I'm Taylor, I don't want to get back with this guy. Do you really want to marry a guy that could someday tell your kids that, yeah, no, I've also been with your auntie? Yeah. You know? So for me, I'm not interested at this point in the rest of the film's outcome. I know that it's going to end up with Taylor and Raph together. Mm. I don't care. And I think it should be... That they're friends. They're friends. I could at least get on board with the idea of friends. But sisters are just... Seems less dodgy. It does seem less dodgy. So they sing Venus. Which is a fantastic number. It's great. And it's it, some of it takes place inside of Maddie's head, which is hilarious. But does it? Because like when she comes back to Earth... There are rose petals on the floor and there's a guy and it's like... It's very... Yeah, but it's, as she's going around the pool, there's a rose bush and she pulls all the roses off and she pushes the pool boy into yeah. the pool. So that actually happens. Okay, cool. But all of the her dressed as Aphrodite it's and so everything. Nice. So funny. I really liked this sequence. I think it was fun. I really like that you can get the dynamic between these three women straight away. I do think it's a better as a friend dynamic, but you get that Found sense. family. This is... Bubble. Donna and the Dynamos. Mm -hmm. You get that dynamic. They're not always together, but when they are, they just click. Yes. And I loved it. I thought this is a really good song here to do this. I especially like the bit where we go into her imagination. There's the kaleidoscope. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And we we have some synchronised swimming. Yes, we do. We also have fantastic. some great... Oh my God, what's it called? Voguing. Yes. Right. So in the Madonna videos, that's what she does. And they try to vogue here, but it's like bad, normal person voguing, which yeah. is honestly so funny. Yeah. It's like if I was up dancing and I tried to vogue, it wouldn't look good, but you no. would know that it was voguing. Yeah. And that's what they do here. And it's super funny. Even in these sequences, like even in their fantasy sequences, they feel like real people, mm -hmm. which is nice. That's one of the strengths of this is you feel like you're watching real people. At times, you know, like they're not polished. They are awkward. And I yeah. like that. I like when this song ends, we get the line from Taylor that says, what am I supposed to say? I'm thrilled. 
and she tries talking about herself and what she's up to but her sister maddie doesn't want to hear about boring academic stuff oh she even asks her maddie's like so tell me about your life and she starts to and then maddie's like oh yeah okay never mind yeah no no i don't want that i want the boy stuff tell me about boys yeah and we learn that there was a holiday romance yes lil brings it up and maddie's like what maybe he's still here you should go and look for him yep she doesn't know about this I know exactly where this is going. Obviously. And Tay goes back to the beach to see if she recognises anyone. And instantly she bumps into all of her old friends. Mm -hmm. They're still there. She bumps into Elena, Mikey and Enrico. I... I like the dynamic of them meeting her and being like, oh my God, it's been so long. Like, we're still friends. But this is it. Have they not been in communication? Like, during the three years, 2011 to 2014... They'd have been on Facebook with each other. They'd have been messaging on Snapchat. People this age? You think 20-year-olds in 2014 were Snapchatting each other? Maybe not Snapchatting, but certainly they'd have been a Facebook generation growing up How with Facebook. How old were you in 2014? 24. I'd have been a few years older than them. <laughs> I think how old you are. <laughs> I think they would be. Sure. Especially because the ages are so weird. Yeah, the ages in this film make no sense. And if they're the same age as Taylor, they've got to be like 21, 22. I don't think they are, though. I think they're a bit older than her. Yeah, because I think Taylor's the younger sister. She's the youngest character. Yeah. She's got to be the youngest character. So she's got to be, what, 21? Because this isn't a gap year. This is a summer holiday. Mm -hmm. So she's 21, 22 at a push. This is after her third year of university. Yeah, so, so yeah, 21, 22. 21, 22. The rest of these characters are possibly... The late 20s, at a push. But how would she have met them? Just you know, on holiday. Just on holiday. But why would they have stayed in contact and recognised her that well? Because it's, it's literally one summer. But they summer. haven't stayed in contact. They just recognise her from that summer. And it's very interesting. But yeah, yeah. They, it's like... It is like that kind of, you know, when you have a friend that you don't see and you can just get straight into, like, there has been no time at all. Mm -hmm. They just talk and they, they catch up. And... Taylor turns around and she sees Raph coming out of the sea right as Elena tries to say to her that things have changed. Yeah. And tries basically tries to tell her that Raph is with this other girl now. And, oh, this all hinges on as well. Maddie doesn't call Taylor Taylor. She calls her T. Yeah. Even if she called her Taylor, you just would not assume it was the same yeah. person. But, you know, whatever. But yeah, they try to tell her, but as she turns around, she starts singing, How Will I Know? Yep. <laughs> Which is great. And this is a really fun sequence as well, because you get the sunbathers doing some great choreography. They've all got the same boring red Get-to book. Dancing. Yeah. yeah, I love this bit. Again, he looks so much older than her. He's got to be like 28, right? Yeah, he, he looks a lot older than her, but I think we're supposed to believe he's the same age. Yeah, or we're not he... even talking about how old the actors are are or how yeah. the actors look it's the way that they dress them as yeah. well is really interesting because lil's got to be 30 right yeah she's the oldest character out of all of them yeah well she's a, an established novelist but there's also a line later on where maddie refers to raf as a boy so she's got to be considerably older than him as well however i refer to all men as boys yeah but in that way that... just as it's my teacher brain. It's yeah. just, oh, your male boy. But th but this is it. It's kind of like a... She refers to him like there's an acknowledgement that he is younger 
than her well, as he's well. He's got to be younger than her, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't look younger. He's a very handsome actor, very well-sculpted. <laughs> and through this, you know, we get that kind of, imagine Daniel Craig coming out of the sea in Casino Royale. Tighties, you know, yeah. we get him coming out and all everyone like fawning over him. And this is that Mamma Mia sequence. You know, if you've not seen this film, think about, uh, Donna in Mamma Mia realizing that her three exes. Yeah. yeah. And this is that kind of sequence where there's a little bit of clumsiness and Taylor loses her composure. I, I do like this, but I especially love the way it ends with a face plant right into him. And she gets sand stuck to her face yeah. as well, which is super. But it's fun. that abruptness of the ending is great. And same way with Mamma Mia, there's an abruptness as she's she lands, pushed. Yeah. yeah. And that's quite well, he nice. She watched Mamma Mia yesterday. That was probably a mistake, but. We watched Mamma Mia yesterday as well. But he recognises her and he's very thrown. Mm-hmm. And then, just as it seems like they're about to kind of reconnect, enter Maddie. Yep. And she says, oh, I see you've met my fiancé. I see you've met my sister. Yeah. And, and his three face friends drops. are more freaked out than he is. But th- Right, so this is the other thing that gets really confusing, is even the friends know Maddie, but they don't have any awareness that Maddie is... Because they don't actually look anything alike. But that, but even in that same way, it's what a coincidence is all of this. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> Well, they're Raph's friends. That's why Matt, not Maddie, that's why Taylor made friends with them. Is because yes. they are Raph's friends. So when she left, she obviously broke Raph's heart and everything. Yeah. So they haven't been in contact. It's fine. Then he meets Maddie and she doesn't tell... Like, there's got to be some backstory similarities. They are sisters. But isn't it weird? Because Maddie's come here at Taylor's advice. Yeah, I know, right? So wouldn't there have been... I think been... that's supposed to be the irony of But this situation. is it. Wouldn't you have a conversation with the, the four of them when you meet them? It's like, so what brought you here, of all places? Oh, well, my sister was here on her summer holiday before she started uni three years ago, and she loved it here. <laughs> um, You know, and I'm here on a man talks, but she recommended this place. Yep. You know, it's also like... I think this is where the writing bugs me is it's all just so like contrived and I'm sorry it's the exact same coincidence that happens in the holiday yeah of being like no there's no men in that town oh wait my brother's here okay you're in love with him now yeah you know but... like I don't know I I just I got confused because I was like wait how don't they know their sisters and obviously it makes sense when you say God, we're giving this film way too much credit. <laughs> it makes sense when you say that, hey, they haven't been in contact over the past three years, but I don't find that believable. In, like, the way the world is in 2011 to 2014, 100% of them were Facebook friends with each other. You'd have seen something. They'd been Instagram accounts. You would see. Well, Facebook... I haven't been on Facebook in a really long time, but Facebook tells you when you have people in common, right? Yeah. And especially if they'd, they've become Facebook friends, they're going to be like, oh, Maddie, Facebook friends. Oh, I see you got Taylor in common. How do you know Taylor? Oh, she's my sister. That would be sick. You can't date this same sir. Yeah. yeah. Have them be friends. I think at its core, the whole the whole film hinges on this romance. And it, I've lost any care. I'm just here for the songs right now in this beautiful <laughs> location. Yeah. So Elena, Mikey and Enrico are all really surprised because they don't think Taylor and Maddie have anything in common, which is true. That's the whole point. They're two different, very different people. This is where we get the line as well, where Maddie says, yeah, we're sisters. Can't you see the resemblance? I'm I was like, like, nope. No. But um, yeah. Taylor makes the snap decision that she's going to pretend she doesn't know Anyone. not just Raph, but any of them. Yeah. 
So she pretends like, oh no, we've just bumped into each other for the first time and she's just being friendly. So she introduces herself to the gang. And like, okay, nobody's that. Maybe I'm just really introverted, but nobody's that friendly, right? Yeah. But here's where we have my next issue. Sure. Which is? Somebody should speak up. Somebody should tell Maddie. Somebody should. be Yeah, one... none of these people are good friends. No, none of them are. Taylor's not a good sibling. Yep. Raph is not a good fiancé. Somebody should tell. I don't understand how... And this is, again, right. I'm completely incapable of lying. I'm not good at surprises. Yeah. Or not saying what I'm thinking. Obviously, within the realms of being nice to people. Yeah. If you came up to me and were like, oh, hi, I'm your brother's new boyfriend, I would be like... I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that would be my initial response would be like, are you kidding me? You cannot date my brother. Yeah. But in the same way that at what point would you? Because eventually this is going to come out. Eventually. Yeah. There's no way it won't. Five years when they're married and they have kids. That'd be so much worse. Right. And especially because you then spend the next five years wondering, have they been flirting? Have they been hooking up? It destroys all this relationship. Wow, he gets on really well with my sister. That's weird. Yeah. I just, all of them are bad people for not telling her. And I could understand more if it was just a friend because like, she doesn't need to know. It's past. Mm. But because it's your sister, it makes me dislike Taylor. And she's supposed to be our insert character. Makes me dislike Raph. It makes me dislike all these friends. Yeah. Because poor Maddie, we've established, she's Has been no through idea the, about any of this. But also been through the ring and she's here because of a really toxic relationship. Yeah, and I have a lot of things to say about Doug when we meet him because I don't understand this character. But at least of all the characters, he's honest. Yeah, right? Right. Like <laughs> He sucks, but he's the only one that's honest with Maddie. At least she doesn't end up with him. No, I know. So... It's the only thing I can say for Doug. Yeah, I, I love it. So we go for the engagement dinner or the rehearsal dinner, whatever you want to call it. The set dressing. This is an engagement party. The set dressing. It's so for nice. This restaurant is I want gorgeous. to go to this restaurant. I want to go. I want to find out where this is filmed. I want to go to that restaurant. It's amazing. Uh, the fiance is awful. I really dislike Raph. He's so boring. Because, he, again, he should speak up. But his speech is so much worse Taylor being there because he's like I thought I, I never knew what love was until I met you and it's just like dude your ex is right there but also we both know you still hold a flame for each other all of this is so nasty yeah because how secretive it is and again he's going to marry this girl and he's not going to tell her oh, by the way I've had a intimate relationship with your sister because they definitely had sex well we find out later that Raph has told Maddie like in the course of their relationship over the last five weeks, that he had this one romance and he was madly in love with this girl and like it ended badly because she left him. And he's been broken since and she is the person who gave him faith and love again. However, does he actually like Maddie or does she just subconsciously remind him of Taylor? Possibly, but either way, it does make it far worse, the fact that he's not honest about it. So all these characters suck. But we get the power of love. Yeah, I bet Taylor wishes she drove one, a DeLorean. Time traveler. Yeah, yeah, go back in time and be like, oh, hey, this is the guy I, I, I was with. If you see him, tell him, you know. She has a picture of the two of them. Right? 
Why is it on Facebook? Again, is that not on Facebook? She has a physical copy of a picture. Would she not have shown her sister? How awful uh, is that relationship that she wouldn't have shown her summer romance, you know? Mm. Uh, As a toast sequence, this is fantastic. I really, really love this whole sequence. And I think Maddie is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really great little moment as she's standing up dancing. I love the bit where she steals someone else's credit card. Don't need a credit card to drive this train. And... (laughs) Taylor has to take the credit card and give it back to the person she stole it from. Mm. I love that bit. I noticed a bit and I made you rewatch it because during the choreography, it looks like there's a moment where she's supposed to kick the chair away from her. And it's supposed to slide away. She just knocks it to the floor and it magically is moved. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. I liked this sequence. I thought it was fantastic. A really, really good number and a lovely way to do a toast. I thought it was fantastic and a really good choice of song. Don't need fame. Yeah, it's a good song. I don't know what other 80s song you could have for this moment here. I'm sure there's loads of like lovey-dovey ones, but nothing as upbeat that I can think of. You know? Yeah. I liked this. The rest of them are kind of slow, sweet child of mine. (laughs) Not appropriate. No. I want to know what love is. It' too slow. Yeah, these are all really unless you, which is a great thing about a jukebox musical, you can like pump it up. Yeah, but this feels like the right song for this this moment. Like it feels like this song was written for this moment. That's how perfectly it fits. Mm-hmm. Crazy for you. I'm crazy for you, Madonna. No, we've already had a Madonna song. I know. This is the. Do you know what? Honestly. It must almost be more difficult to choose songs. Yeah. If you have the whole of the 80s to choose from. Yeah. But you must have had to have backups in case. Like you've pitched this to, I can't remember the name of the band that sings this now, but you pitch this to them and they're like, no, sorry, we're not interested. You must have had to have a backup. Yeah. So finish the song. Paralove is Huey Lewis and the News. There you go. I just, I, I just know it as back to the future song yeah the song's finished and we cut to the bar and taylor is drowning her sorrows and raf shows up mm-hmm. and again speaks like a really obnoxious douche because he's just like pg i'm glad you graduated it's what you wanted right it's kind of like you asked yes, for this I did. <laughs> it sucks it just feels very much like rubbing it in her face yeah and they talk about, to his credit, he wants to tell the truth. He he says, he's like, I want to tell her the truth. She deserves to know the truth. I'm like, huh. Okay. We should sit down with her and have a conversation about this. Yeah, I was like, do you know what? You've just gained a few points, you know, back after what you just said. Kind what of do like... they see in this guy, right? Every There are so many more interesting characters in this film. Are there? That you could date. Are there? Yeah. Like literally anybody else. Name two. Well, Right. The only credit I will give to Doug, he has like an inner world. Yeah. <laughs> you can like see where he's coming from. I know way more about him right. than I know about Raph. But so this Raph is... is just objectively attractive. Yeah, this is the thing. For Maddie, there is a viable choice, a viable will they, won't they? Yeah. For Taylor, there is no other choice. Because they're soulmates. Right? In movie land. So there is only one alternative character. But he's heavily coded as the villain. So there is no other... She could date Mikey. No, because he's so into Lils. 
but she just refuses to be tied down. I think he is, though, yeah. Well, that's what they were hinting at throughout. Mm. Taylor does say no, and she says that they should stay apart, but Maddie wants Taylor to help him find his suit. So that was quite funny. She's like, we're going to stay apart until I leave. And then Maddie shows up and goes, oh, you're getting on, great, because tomorrow you're going to go and help him shop. Yeah, I'm busy. You're going to go and pick up his suit and you need to try on your bridesmaid's dress. See you later. But it makes her out to be a really bad sister. Maddie? But she doesn't know no, about any of this. Taylor. Oh, right, okay. Because Taylor's had the out. She's the bad guy here because she doesn't want to tell the truth. Mm. It becomes even worse that when they find out like a day later, they've hidden it. This whole movie takes place over three days. I know. It's like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> All over again. The ring shopping's really awkward for them. I like that because mm-hmm. they think that 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 Raph and Taylor are the ones getting married, and Raph's like, "No, I'd never." And he picks it up and goes, "Yes, that'll be fine." Puts That's it down. Beautiful. Doesn't even thing. try it on. That's bad luck. Um, Is it? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing my research. <laughs> I'm sure you have. What happens if you, on the day of your wedding, don't go through with it? Refunds. I, I, I doubt it. I've it's always worried. Answer, I always worried. And I've always had the question, what happens if you're that guy who needs to return an engagement ring? That's so depressing. I'm so glad I didn't have to find out. <laughs> yeah, good but, for you. you know, like, I've, it's always, like, kind of curious. I'm sure you could just sell them on. Like, there would you be... You sell them at a pawn shop or something. But you'd also take a hit, like, if you went on, like, Facebook Marketplace or eBay. You could sell them. 100% but you're not making back what you weren't what you paid on it you yeah know? so if you if you purchase them for 1500 you'd be lucky you'd be, you'd be like selling it for 1200 you know like you're not gonna get that money back yeah. he says that him and Taylor would never work because she's quite boring and like you know she doesn't want to scream things from the rooftop she's so introverted and i'm thinking is that what weddings are all about is you know screaming that you love someone from the top of a rooftop sure i can find you a rooftop this line makes the ending make a heck of a lot more sense now i completely forgotten about this encounter and then oh. where we end up so you know some clever writing here they're kind of foreshadowing sure, bit of foreshadowing <sighs> yeah raf it talks about how he never met two people so different. You know, yeah. I like that. You know, he's talking about how the sisters are so different. And he, he says he was waiting for Taylor to come back like she promised she would. And he was waiting and she never did. And he had to move on. And it again. That's fine. That's not I, the part I have a problem with. But why am I liking him more than I like her? They're doing all of this sequence. He acts like an adult. But I think, do you not feel like the point of this sequence, the way it's written, is to make you hate him more? Mm. Or to make you side with Taylor more? And I'm stuck here being like, Raph brings up some good points. Everybody brings up some good points. Because this is the thing is, Taylor's held it in her head that she can go carry on with her life and he's going to put his life on hold for when she gets back and is ready to pick him up. I don't think she had any expectations that she just sort of expected to never see him again. She clearly did when she comes back, though. That's the problem. The only reason I can get on board... I can't get on board with her lying, but the only reason I can understand why she does it is because as the movie goes through, we find out that Taylor, when their mum died, basically took over being the mum, despite the fact that she's the younger sister. it's still... You're going to destroy that relationship. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, they try on their wedding outfits. Yeah. 
and there's chemistry. And they look at each other and they're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I like this next scene quite a bit. We see Maddie at the market. Mm-hmm. Maddie at the market. <laughs> and Doug shows up to rescue her. And he is instantly unlikable. He's the worst. But... He's also, like, way too old for her. Yes. And as much as I love uh, Greg Wise as this character... Phenomenal casting. He's so funny. And this does have, like, a very Piers Brosnan vibe to it. Yeah. God, Doug is the worst. And, you know, we've been introduced to him via Lil and Taylor being like, Doug is the worst. That is what's really good is he's like the boogeyman before we meet him. We've heard all these nasty things. Yeah, before we meet him, we've heard all these things about him. So we know him and he shows up and we're like, oh yeah, they're right. He's slimy. He's got the worst facial hair. Or he's like a little Game of Thrones goatee. He looks like Littlefinger. That's what it is. Fun fact. Two fun facts. Do you want to know them? Sure. He's going to be on Strictly Come Dancing this year. So hyped. Maybe he'll be Tom McFly. We'll see. Secondly, he is married to Emma Thompson. No way. Yep. And he has been with her, married with her, since like 2003. I'm looking at pictures because I cannot picture this. I know, right? That's insane. Oh my God. He looks way better without the facial hair. Exactly. He's great casting in this. He is also... Oh my God, yeah. Well, he's in Sense and Sensibility with her, but he's Willoughby. He's also... Kate Winslet, that's hilarious. I think it's Agent One in Johnny English, which is even better when we talk about, like, the Pierce Brosnan vibes. He's like... Because... Bargain Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, and this is Bargain Mamma Mia. So we can't get a, a James Bond, but we can get a Johnny English character. I I loved Doug. And maybe it's because, like, he's an alternate Apparently namesake. Apparently he dated Kate Winslet before he met, he started dating Emma Thompson. Right. Really Can funny. anyone blame him for being so, like, self-assured? Hollywood royalty. Right. <laughs> he comes and he's like, oh, I'm going to rescue you. You're going to make this bad choice. You've made your point. I get it. You've made me jealous. Now come back with me. Which is gross. Really gross. Yeah. And yeah, because it's so like, oh, yeah, well, you, everything you do revolves around me. Yeah. And we've already been told that she's here on a boy detox. Yeah. And she doesn't want to even think about men because of how Doug treats her, which, like, did Doug groom her? It's weird because we never get the real specifics, but we never get the real specifics. And it seems like they have a real sexual chemistry as well sure she's really into him yeah and they talk about like the different holidays they had and you know he's her sugar daddy yeah he obviously pays for everything he's clearly rich but there's a weird thing i don't i don't know why he's so detestable is i think it is just because he's really slimy but i think it's really just because he's not committing to marriage with her like she says that as much to him as well as that i only ever wanted one thing from you and you don't want that so of course i left you yeah it's like how long has she been hinting at marriage with him he probably has another family yeah probably she's probably his other woman it's very weird but you never get he comes across really like smarmy and gross but you never know exactly what he's 
done to everyone. Well, other than the fact that as this movie goes on, he tries to sleep with her in every scene that they're in and she keeps saying no and he keeps trying. Yeah, other than so that. So the consent issues are yeah. phenomenal. She says that she wants to get off his big sexy ride and we go to, don't you want me, baby? And this has ultimate Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia vibes. Right, so... It's so funny. When we went into watching Mamma Mia, I remember saying to you, like... SOS, before I'd even heard the song, feels like a meme because people are like, Pierce Brosnan singing is not great. This is what I was expecting SOS to sound like. (laughs) No offence. This is not the best sung song. She's good. I love it. It's the same as SOS. They sell it because of how committed they are to this. Oh, yeah. They are giving it 110% all the way through. And the thing is, even in this scene, you get a sense that she does still kind of want him. There's obviously like moments where she's pushing him It's like against her better judgment. Yeah, but she's still quite into him. I like when this ends, or like towards the ending, where like he's on her windshield and like pushing the car and she's like go on get in then and he's like yeah really <laughs> over the top really cheesy. she locks the door and then drives away because she's got him to and move. it's great and then like seconds later he's speeding alongside her like it's the fast and furious and musical. his james bond car he's like don't you want me baby <laughs> it's great this is such so a fun funny. sequence and it only ends when she sellotapes his mouth shut. Incredible. Great. She agrees to have dinner with him. So that he will leave her alone forever. It's He's like, like a final farewell. But before her hen party. Yeah. It's like the hour before. Yeah, I mean, it's her fault for rushing her wedding. Anyway. Yeah. Still. I like the bit. So he's there and then enter Taylor and Lils. Mm-hmm. And they're both absolutely furious to see him there. Lils isn't impressed. Um, they have a bit of a back and forth. And he's like, oh, you're so, always such a good friend to Maddie because she always looks better standing next to you. That is the meanest right. thing. This is when you're like, oh, he sucks. But Lils has a great line because she then says, oh. Are you always such a good boyfriend because she always looks so young standing next to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, right, he already looks really old stood next to her yeah. because he's a lot older than he the is. actress. But... Don't point it out. No, I like that they do point it out. I, I do. I like that. And I, so old. It's something that makes Lils more endearing. But it, again, it feels like a fat Amy joke. Mm. They've watched Pitch Perfect. So they wanted to make that film. And they've put that character here. Like, it feels like this should be Fat Amy's Summer Holiday. You know? Sure. They're, they just wanted that character in this. But I love it. The way she delivers these lines, they are fantastic. Whereas I joke that Mikey is not James Corden. Yeah. I quickly forgot that she is not Rebel Wilson because she owns this and she mm-hmm. does a great job. Mickey never does much. It's Mikey. I don't even know his name until you told me it, you know? Yeah. Like he doesn't do much with it, but she at least owns this character and tries to do something with it. The housekeeper is reading uh, Lil's erotic fiction. That's one of my favourite kind of like background things is the housekeeper going from like stuffy pre-Venus to where she ends up. Mm-hmm. And you see how she's gradually getting more and more into it. You know how in Ice Age... <laughs> yes. You know how in Ice Age we had like the main plot and then you had Scrat, who's just chasing his, his nut and like trying to implant it and like his misadventures. That's what the housekeeper feels like. She's so weird. You know what I mean, though? It's literally got the main plot, and then you've got a side character who's so inconsequential, and we're just going to see a little bit of what she's doing. Yeah. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. 
We're at the pool and Leona Lewis is so stressed. And she's talking about like, oh, I hate this. I hate lying. I don't know how we're going to do this. And her boyfriend isn't listening. He's just on the, you know, roasting in the sun. And she figures and twigs that he's not listening. So she, she says, tips silly. him into the pool. But the best bit before she does that, she says some lines to him, something to him. He's just like, oh, yeah, that sounds excellent. Like, you know, that no one would ever agree to it. Oh, she listen. says, oh, maybe they're actually space aliens and they've come here to invade the Earth. And he's like, anything you say, babe. Absolutely. And yeah, that bit where she then like tips him in the water is fantastic. Why do we not get more of their dynamic? extra yeah. half an hour to flesh these two characters out because they you know you have small moments like this where it's fantastic she says to him that she's terrible at keeping secrets and maddie like a magnet secret magnet maddie what's the secret and leona lewis panics and he's like oh i'm pregnant yeah leona lies this she lies about being pregnant and her partner's like oh yeah well it is a shock to both of us <laughs> playing along maddie asks tay if she wants to invite the guy from three years ago when she is standing next to the guy from uh, yeah. three years ago she's like do you want a plus one and she's like no he's gone and it's really awkward yeah suitably awkward it just feels really cruel you know that her sister's like oh come on though and she's like not in on it mm-hmm. it feels so cruel and nasty they start having an argument about, you know, their past. And these roses arrive. She's like, oh, Raph is the best. These roses are my favourite. Oh, he knows me so well. But they're not from Raph. Of course not. They're from Doug. Which, like, he at least knows her. She's the most basic favourite flower. But he at least knows her. No offence. If, yeah. if your favourite flower is white roses, yeah. good for you, I understand. But, like... We could have made this character more interesting by making it something... Exotic. Exotic yeah. or interesting. But, like, this is the thing. At least Doug has listened to her. Like, compare him to the boyfriend of Leona Lewis, who doesn't listen. Doug has clearly listened and taken notice of things, probably because he's been in the doghouse so frequently he needs to buy these roses. And I also kind of feel like he's one of those characters where it's like, he has only ever bought her white roses, so now they are her favourite. Yeah. Rather than them actually being her favourite. But there is still more to him and his knowledge of Maddie than Raph's. Yeah. What's my favourite flower? You like sunflowers. Yes. (laughs) You sounded so panicked. (laughs) I did. I really did. I like this sequence here where Tay... And Maddie kind of have it out. And Tay says, like, do you think I want to be this sort of person? No, because it's your mistakes that have made me, like, shy about love. Because I see you go from thing to thing. That I'm... This is so harsh, but it's, like, an actually nice character moment for Taylor. Exactly. You know. And it's almost worth it. It's almost worth it. But especially because she's nagging at Maddie. It feels worse considering, like, she's lying to Maddie. Mm-hmm. And then we have the natural progression in this story. It's because they are off to the tomato festival. Yes, this is incredible. This is a real thing. Not in this part of Italy, but tomato festival is a real thing. Yeah, it feels like such a waste. Yep. But I think from what I read about it, they only use like the ones that aren't going to the harvest kind of thing. It's like the leftover ones. Is it like the ugly ones? You know how you can go to like Lidl? Get or ugly Tesco, veg, you get like yeah. ugly veg and no one would buy. Is yeah. it like the ugly tomatoes? Like, pff, no one's going to buy you. Yeah, basically. You're going to be thrown. Yeah. 
And it's to like celebrate the harvest of tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, great. It's pretty cool. I would go to this. If you're not in the know, imagine that scene in 10 Things I Hate About You. The bit where it's paintballing. But like, it's like not like guns. It's like weird, like water balloons filled with paint, but with tomatoes. Or imagine, if you will, a tomato festival. Oh, if you're just trying to think, what they what's basically a tomato it's not like they they're eating all wear the tomatoes. White, yes, and they go into this one street in a town where they were filming in Italy, and everybody throws tomatoes at each other, and you like grab tomatoes. There's all buckets full of tomatoes, but then yeah. there's also buckets of tomato juice. And is it very weird that this is the moment we get our titular song? <laughs> Right? No, because this is the one moment where her and... His name's not Doug. Where her and Raph Raph start to connect again. But this feels like a very weird moment to have your titular song for this as a sequence. Yeah, it feels like it should be the finale song. Yeah, Yeah. right? You know, why couldn't this be called Venus, for instance? Or Holiday! I guess we can't have it because it's too similar to The Holiday. You know, could you call it? Yeah, it's fine. I I enjoy this song. I enjoy this. Oh, as a this scene. sequence is Super fantastic. Funny. There's a great bit. So like, Raph says something that annoys Taylor, and she goes straight into like aggressive, aggressive tomato throwing, tomato. like proper like trying to hurt him. Yeah, and then they stop, and the friends break the tension. But it's like a little, you know, that little bit of Western music where it's like, yeah, and they're all stood there, and then Raph and Taylor just freeze, and the friends start like aggressive attacking yeah. them. And it I, does break the tension nicely. It's a nice way for them to reconnect. There's so another moment as well where Lils is mounted Mickey and is like, she's got a tomato super soaker. Yeah. And he's all like, okay. But it's that weird flirtation thing. Like they're hinting that these two characters, are there's more to them, but like not showing enough. It's like Lil, Lil's weird character arc is that she doesn't have genuine connections with people with men yeah sorry not people she has genuine connections with all of her female friends yeah but she doesn't make genuine connections with men because she sees them as characters in her novels who are to be used and then thrown away which is actually a very interesting feminist concept yes but it means that she hasn't let herself have a proper love connection but she says later on that that's a shelter thing that started as a building a facade but she grew into it exactly and she's done that to herself and she's self-aware of it which is also nice but the only so self-aware character this subplot here feels like this should be a bigger deal that she's found a guy that she's into genuinely you know, connecting with yeah a guy that she's kind of be into <laughs> but it goes you're more... right though that we could do with the extra half hour and they have the fish and chips joke which yeah. is slightly earlier when they're at dinner yeah uh, mickey or mikey whatever his name is not james corden not james corden he makes a joke about how maybe she'd like he says, oh, maybe you'd like such and such while you're here, meaning, like, get with me. And she says, oh, honey, you don't come to Italy to have fish and chips because yeah. he's English. And then at the end, there's a line about, like, oh, I'm having this wine. It goes really well. Oh, no, I'll have a beer. It goes really well with fish and chips. Yeah. And, like, it's supposed to be them getting together. But it's cute. It is, but there's not enough of it. Like, you mm. need, I feel like you need a bit more of a subplot there. Yeah, they, it does fall apart when you look at this as an ensemble piece. Mm, it's not an ensemble piece in the same way that Mamma Mia is. But it wants to be. Exactly. But, but we need more time for it. Anyway. I love the oh, juxtaposition. Maddie's not here because yeah. she's having her hen night preparations. Yeah. 
And I she's also going to go and see Dirt. I love the juxtaposition between the chaos of the Tomato Festival mm-hmm. and the calm of Maddie's spa. I think it's fantastic. It's, so it's really nice back and forth. Mm-hmm. Raph takes Tay to the beach where they fell in love. He's like, we have to wash ourselves off. Yes, yeah, salt water gets tomato out of your clothes, apparently. Apparently. Fun fact, they cannot be on the beach while the sunset is happening because sunsets don't happen on this beach. They're on the wrong side of Italy. <laughs> um, so they had to have filmed this either not in the place where they're saying they are or at sunrise to get it filmed properly. Great. Yeah. They flirt in the sea. Yes. And then he lies down and has a little nap. And so she sings. Well, before she <laughs> sings, we have Maddie being wowed by Doug's effort. In terms of storytelling, it's really interesting that you have Taylor being wowed by Raph and them reconnecting. And then you cut to a scene of Maddie kind of reconnecting with Doug. But this is exactly what she expected from him. It, but yeah, It's not like he's doing anything new or different. No, because she does seem kind of taken aback by it. It's like, wow, you've actually made more of an effort. I don't feel like he's ever had like a no, private she dinner. Walks down, she walks down, when she walks into the little amphitheatre that they're in, she goes, oh, of course. I see, my next note is very interesting. So, of course, I missed that. Yeah. Because how quiet was this film? Oh, I my God. Hear, we had the TV. We had the TV on, on like, like 50, 50 volume. Yeah. We could not hear anything. So, uh, it was at and this also, point. So... I have an ear infection at yeah. the moment. I can't hear anything out of my left ear at all. Yeah. So recording this is really fun, and I'm sure I'm really loud right now, but I can't tell. I have no we'll volume control. We'll fix it in control. post. But I'll try. Watching this film, I was like, "What is happening?" I even said at one point, "Let's put the subtitles on." It was this point. There's no closed captions yeah. at all for this film. Which up your game, Amazon Prime. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is no reason for a film from 2000. 14 yeah to not have closed captions it's ridiculous but and i would always watch everything with closed captions because i cannot pay attention to what people are saying anyway but oh my god the dancers neighbors must have been like what is happening up there Uh, but in fairness i couldn't hear it either and i've not got an ear infection so it's ridiculous it makes sense why i'd miss bits like that but it's not even like the songs get louder like, no, the whole no. thing is quite quiet. Yeah, we had it up at 50, and it's not like it was jumping from the acting to the songs suddenly yeah. being really loud. just so quiet. it was during this exchange where Maddie concedes that Raph is young. And... Is younger than her, yeah. But, like, in the same way that it made me then think about what is the age dynamic. So I kind of... This is what I'm thinking. Obviously, Doug is the eldest, mm-hmm. followed by Maddie. She's got to be... Of the main characters, because yeah. I I think it's little. Well, just of the four. I just... Right. I, the, the, the weird, like, Yeah, square. it's Doug, Maddie, Raph... Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. But how much older is Raph supposed to be than Taylor, do you think? Because I feel like he's got to be, like, 24, 25. He is 55 now. Jeez. So he... What, Raph? No, no. Greg Wise. Yeah, I was talking about Doug. Raph. Doug is 55 now, so at the time he was like in his 40s. Yeah. This is like, yeah, what, but... seven years ago. And then, I can't remember what Raph's actor was called. Giulio Baruti. He was born in 1984. So he'd have been 30 at this point. 
2014. So he's 30, but he's playing, what, 25-ish? Yeah. So he'd have been... He'd have been Taylor's age mm-hmm. when he met Taylor. Yeah, because she's pre-uni, so she was like 18. 18. I feel like Leona Lewis is supposed to be the same age. Yeah. Like, she's gone off on a gap year. Like, t- Leona Lewis is what Taylor could have been had she never left. Leona Lewis says that at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Elena. She says, oh, she was supposed to go back to the UK, but she fell in love with this guy, so she stayed. Yeah. So, so she should be, like, 18 as well. Going Maddie was born in 1984, the same year same as... Same as Raph. Raph. Who's Hannah probably Arterton, playing older than him. Who is Taylor, was born in 1989. So she's a year younger than me. A year yeah. older than me, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Blimey. So there's a good, like, five years difference. Interesting. Yeah, so she is the youngest. But that's how I feel it goes. But it's it's weird that even Maddie is aware that, like, she is... A bit old for this guy. A bit old for this guy. I feel like Maddie knows deep down that what she's doing is the same thing that Doug's done to her. With this other guy. But she's too far in at this point. It doesn't feel like it's the same. Doug's pretty rapey. Yes. But my point is like she knows that this won't go anywhere. And yeah. she'll end up breaking his heart. Yeah. We cut True to that. Eternal Flame. Like you say. Raph is having a nap on the beach. She, t- she turns to look at him. because She says something to him. She looks down and he's asleep. And so she, she stares at him. She goes, close your eyes. <laughs> Every time. I tell you what. The difference between this and Mamma Mia, the biggest difference for me, is how we get into the songs. Yeah. Because Mamma Mia, we always get a little bit of music first. Yeah. So we know the song's about to start. Like in uh, Money, 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 she pushes the window out and then we get the start of it. Yeah. And then she sings. So they're like isolated song numbers. Yeah. Whereas in this, they say the first line instead of singing it. (laughs) <laughs> like we're in Lamez. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> it's incredible. I like the shot of sunset and it's like you see he's clearly moving in and then she runs away. Good from for the her. Kiss. Yeah, good for I her. I actually said that at the TV screen. I was like, good for her. Good because for her. actually this is like the second film we've watched recently where a character has been oh no, I'm I'm thinking about a film I watched on my own, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was in bed yesterday. Um, where a female character has been the one to be like, no, yeah. you're not kissing me. Go away. Yeah. I like that he chases after her. She goes and hides in her bedroom. And he's like, hello, I'm in your bedroom. She goes, you can't be here. Because he's shirtless. And they horror. run out. I like that he knows exactly where her bedroom yeah. is. They run out straight into Maddie, who's like, what is going on here? And then everybody else jumps up and goes, surprise! They definitely... They were definitely there when Taylor ran in. Yeah, yeah. but Maddie definitely thinks that they're cheating. Mm-hmm. And at this point... Of course she would. What she, else could this be? She figures out the truth. She figures out, like, he's your guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And so they're tricked into kind of telling the truth. Yep. Taylor breaks his heart. But it's like, he means nothing to me. I was concerned at first, but he does mean nothing to me anymore. He was just a fling and I'm happy for you. Yep. And then Raph says he feels absolutely nothing for her. Mm-hmm. It was pretty clear they're both lying. I think it, it... I feel like, I don't know, from the perspective of the older sibling, I feel like if I had this conversation with my younger sibling and they were like, 
oh yeah, the, like they told this whole convoluted story. Mm. And then I turned to my fiance and said, is this true? And you were like, yeah, totally true. We had this fling once, but we're not interested in each other anymore. I'd be like, you're both liars. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> like it's so no, obvious. There's no right answer to this. No. The, the correct, only correct answer is, we should have told you about this before. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and then, so this is the thing. It's guiltier for the fact they didn't say straight away. Yeah. What have they hidden in the past day? Maddie's natural response should now be, well, we can't get married. Obviously. And anyway, Doug's here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> this should be the end of film. It should be like, right, okay, well, we can't get married. See you later. End of movie. It's not. She's like, okay, you're still invited to the Hindu. She's like, get out or, you know. To go get ready yeah. <laughs> you know like again really aggressive oh but... yeah lil kicks him out yeah lil comes forward and it's like the bit in mamma mia where rosie tells all the men to leave she's like sorry this is a hen party yeah no guys bye-bye now yeah but then um lil's like really like down and manny's like we best get going then in oh, yeah. a really Taylor aggressive says, way what do you want like do you want me to go and she's like yes you look a state. Go and get changed. But, my it's, hen but party. it's far more like, yeah, you better get going. Yeah, because it's, it's my hen party in ten minutes. You know, like, yeah. And I love that. That's kind of the only point at which they felt like siblings to me. It's yeah. like giving each other a really hard time. Yeah, as a joke. Next sequence is one of my favorite bits. We get girls just want to have fun slash wild boys. Nice yeah. little mix up here. And because most of the time. When we watch these musicals, I tell Danny what the name of the song is. It was very few instances I didn't know these songs. Yes. And it, I think it was just me clearing up what the actual titles yeah. of them were, rather than you not knowing the songs. But for this one, I just said, girls just want to have fun. And then when the Wild Boys part comes in, you were like, oh my God, amazing, Wild Boys. Really nice way to mash up the two songs. Mm-hmm. I think the costumes are great. Yeah, You've got the girls dressed like the singers that we've referenced. Yeah, so we've got Maddie, Taylor and Lil dressed as different kinds of Madonna. Yeah. Elena is Whitney Houston. And then we've got another girl. Oh no, we've got um, two other girls who are just additional hem yeah. party girls who are also dressed as 80s girls. But Not anyone got specific. the housekeeper is Tina Turner. The housekeeper is Tina Turner, which is hilarious. Loved it. That was great. And then for the boys party, oh, this was great. Raph is Adamant, which is the best costume. I love the Adamant look. Uh, Enrico is George Michael. Yep, the Faith look. Mikey, Mickey is Meatloaf. Which I'd said before before you told me that. I was like, he's mm. Meatloaf. He's got to be Meatloaf. And then there's two other boys who are Boy George and then Salt and Pepper. But I think it's really interesting because Meatloaf Everyone else is dressed as somebody who's in the song, or is in the musical, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. But I, I think it's very interesting that you don't have a Meatloaf song in this. In the what same way, I think it's really interesting that we don't have Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? in this song. Like, I feel like they, this could work really well as an exchange between Raph and Taylor would have been fun. But also Doug. Can you not imagine Doug having a reprise like after the meal before Eternal Flame goes, do you really want to hurt me? That would be funny. Would have been funny. Would have been great. Raph isn't having fun at the strip club. So he leaves. Is that where they are? I thought it was just a club. No, they're at a strip club because there's poles and dancers. Okay. And uh, neither is Taylor at the, you know, with the male strippers. 
None no. of them are having fun. So they both leave. I'll say this. This is the best Taylor has looked all film. Oh my God, this costume looks amazing. She has she, the tiniest waist of anyone She I've looks seen. amazing, but like her hair, everything. Mm. She looks, because I think a lot of the time she looks quite broken and upset. The best she looks, other than this costume in the movie, is at the beginning where she gets dressed to go to the beach. Yeah. She puts on shorts and like a nice yeah. vest top, but it's like a beach top covering yeah. a swimsuit and little sandals. And she looks very natural and happy and comfortable. Yeah. And then this scene where she's got the Madonna costume on, where it's like very done up. But Madonna also here, costume. like she looks really sexy as well. Like there's a there's a nice bit where they're saying girls just want to have fun together, and they're all like, but it's like where they're posing as well. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like this is the most wild she's been. Yeah, and it's a it's a bold look, and it suits her. Mm-hmm. We cut to it must have been love. Yep. And I, I knew both of them were lying because they're like, oh, I'm really in love with this other person. Hmm. <sighs> It's a nice song, but it's kind of lame here. Yeah, so she basically comes to the realisation that she cannot stay. Yeah. But as she's walking away from singing It Must Have Been Love, she looks down one alleyway and Raph is being carried back into the strip club by Meatloaf Mikey and, like, laughing because his friend is carrying him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's happy. He agreed with me, you know, it's not love. So I'm just going to go. So she goes back to her room and packs to leave and goes to the airport. And then in the car on the way to the airport, she has this physical picture of her and Raph, which either she left in this hotel. No, last, oh no, she's never been there before. Yeah. So she had it with her. She brought it back with her. Because she's been in love with him and waited for him right. and expected him to put his life on hold for her. And instead of ripping it up like a normal person, she lets it fly out of the window and blow away. The worst bit in all of this, how beautiful is this part of the world? And she's littering. That's <laughs> rude. She's the litterbug. <laughs> Boo. The litterbug. That's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. Maddie comes home to find Doug in her bed. And he's like, I came to give you your wedding gift and implying like it's his body. And she says she'd rather have a toaster than Doug, which I think is great. He gets a toaster like a normal person. Yeah. He says that he's come to tell her that he's fine with it. He's come to accept it. It's fine. Yeah. Live happily ever after. But also this is your last night as a single woman, which, which I, I do ha- not understand. No, I have no answer. It's like, yeah. It never is because presumably... I mean, at this point, we've been together Unless, two years and a bit. Right. Unless you're having an arranged marriage and you've never met the guy before, you are not single right before your wedding. But if you are having an arranged marriage, you're probably not having anything like this. No. You know, but when we get married, you won't have been a single woman since 2019. I won't have been a single guy since 2019. Yeah. So it's not our last night to singletons. That happened years ago. I've never understood that no. idea. I, I do like this bit as he goes to leave and she goes, well, I guess it would be nice <laughs> if I could touch your body. <laughs> and I thought she was giving in and I thought she was going to cheat on him. And it's a weird she's one. She's just being mean to him. But it, no, but it is weird because there's moments like where you see this chemistry and you see that she's kind of like love herself in and she's like, nope. I'm going to stop. Yeah, before... she does find him very attractive, but also she's like a good person who isn't going to cheat on her fiancé. No, the dancing here is great. It's like the way funny. they dance and like tango with each other. Mm-hmm. And it ends the way it should do with her kicking him. She ties his hands together. He's obviously really into this. Yeah. 
she pulls his shirt off and uses it to like wrap his hands together. And, and then she, she blindfolds him. Blindfolds him with his tie and then walks him to, out onto the veranda thing beside the pool. Yep. Crawls through his legs, but so she's behind him and then kicks him in the butt and he falls. Well, he steps forward, and then because the pool steps are there, he, like, falls down yeah. the pool step. God, my immediate reaction was, like, he's dead. Yeah, she killed him. <laughs> she killed him. He drowned. <laughs> Kill count number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she opens the door because she's like, that was a bad idea, and turns around, and he's freed himself and has an engagement ring. Yeah. Because... That's what he came here to do. There's a bit as well where it looks like she is going to cheat on him. And she's looking at Raph and her photo and she puts it down. down, And it's genuinely like, she's going to do this. She's going Mm -hmm. through with it. I like this sequence. Yeah, but we close that sequence on him holding the engagement ring and then her face, like, what is happening? We have no idea what's going to happen next. We cut away to the airport where... We are shown during the engagement, not engagement party, hen party, that Lil has managed to pick up some pilots. Three pilots. Yeah. And then we cut to the airport and Lil is with the pilots at the airport. This is such a weird, nice little way for her to get back. Had she not seen Taylor there, she's going to miss the wedding. Oh, she just wasn't going. I don't think she cares. She's snapped out of it by this point. She's like, oh, yeah. See you later, Conquests. Mm-hmm. It's a great way, great bit of writing to get the character there. It's not like she's gone looking. She just happens it's to really sell funny. I liked that, yes. I love random coincidences like that. In yeah. Things. I, no, and I like that. I, I, I do as well. I think it's really cool when you have like coincidences like that. She convinces Tay that she has to come back to the wedding. Like, you know, this is where she says like, I talk a good game, mm-hmm. but I am vulnerable. And it was you and your sister that, helped me overcome that yeah and maybe you can help me overcome it again and get me to a point where i can commit yeah she says to her that maddie and her little are the only family that taylor has left yeah like they've made their own little family now because after her mum died and everything blah 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 but she's like look you have to decide what's more important to you is raf more important to you or is maddie and she's like well obviously maddie Sorry. So she's like, okay, cool. So then we're going to the wedding. And then Lil looks at the time and is like, we're late. (laughs) Excellent. I get serious Grand Theft Auto Vice City vibes now because we get White Wedding. Yeah. I love this song. And I love like the whole montage element of it, seeing where all the different characters are. So Maddie has woken up late, but she's hugging a picture of Raph. So we know that she didn't go with Doug. Yeah. I was really expecting, I forget that this doesn't happen in every version of time the every time i watch this movie i forget that she doesn't sleep with doug yeah because like they stay really close in on her face mm. and you expect them to pan out for doug to yeah. be there but he's not she's a good girl we have enrique and mickey mickey yeah. mikey whatever Whoa. searching for raf because they don't know where they left him and we cut to raf he's duct taped to a tree Next to a nunnery, and, and there's just a donkey stood there. Like, and the nuns are very excited when they see him. Yeah. Because everything is is duct taped. Like, he's got a little duct tape pouch. Yeah. Not a thong, because it literally is just his front. Because you can see it, it's an old bar. Yeah. It's duct taped to a tree. They help him. Yep. And, yeah, everything seems to be going wrong. Maddie's got a broken tire. We've got a chorus, and we've got an ensemble of people singing as they're going to the wedding. Who are these people? People that have been invited, I guess. How do they know them? Because we don't get a sense of anyone well, else. Well, Raph's probably got a really big family. Who knows? 
we don't get a sense of any of these people being like being part of the party you know like it's just a yeah. weird thing it's like they put up a um a little Ad. banner that was like hey Please free come party to come to this wedding um oh there's a there was a scene earlier on so when i meant to mention it then when they're fighting and Taylor's like, oh, hey, Maddie, the reason I can't love is because I had to deal with all your mistakes. She's like, you take all my things as well. Give me back my necklace. And we get a scene. So they come back mm. and, and she's like, here, have my necklace. The ceremonial passing of the boy. You can have I him I kind now. of wish that it had been earlier on. It had been, you know, I get the childishness of like, you take all my things anyway. But she has this whole little bit where she goes on about how she had to grow up and be the mum. Yeah. And why doesn't it, why can't it just be their mum's necklace? Why wouldn't you have it be, mum, that's my necklace. Mum gave that to me. I took up, looked yeah. after our family. That is mine. And then she gives it back to her. And at the end, it's like, oh, like, I trust you to look after yourself. Now here's mum's necklace. But this is the thing. At this point, it becomes a whole like... Raph is yours the now. The boy is yours now. Yeah, enjoy. right? Like, he is the property, which is very interesting compared yeah. to, like, gender norms. But Lils comes up all kind of concerned, and she's like, yes, um, there's one big issue. And because then we see Raph like, sneaking in, in. And she's like... Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. I just forgot my thong. <laughs> and they're like, cool, we really needed to know that. Mm. So we're at the front of the altar. They're getting married. And... Right. This priest really doesn't want them to get married. No. I don't know who this guy is. He he does the objection question twice. Yeah. The, my favourite bit is we're, we're standing at the front and we see we see Maddie's face. It's like a close-up on Maddie's face. And we hear someone stand up and say, I object. And she doesn't even turn around. She says, Doug, sit down. <laughs> he just sits down. <laughs> and it's better great. for the way... The shot composition was great it's for this one. It's very funny. Um, but... Then the priest asks again. And he's you can tell he's really like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are sure you're sure? And Maddie objects. Yes. So she says, I found the quote because... <laughs> well, I can tell you what she said as a summary. This is what I wrote before she'd finished. Yeah. I said, she objects because Raph is the right guy for someone else. Yeah, that's what she says. She says, all my life I've gone from wrong guy to wrong guy and now finally to have found a guy who's right and kind and decent and beautiful inside and out. You are the right guy, but it's not right. Not for me. Came here to find myself and I found myself in you, which is the same thing I always do. Run off into the arms of another man and lose myself, which nice. Yeah. Self-awareness. We love it. And then she says, like, the church wedding is everything she ever wanted, which, okay. Sure, we've never been told that before now. But then she says that she's in love with love. And then she says, but am I in love with you? I don't think I am. I'm sorry. You deserve to be loved wholeheartedly. And then she turns around and looks at Taylor. And this weekend, two sisters have broken this boy's heart. I know, right? Twice in a week. (laughs) This song... Less than a week. This whole sequence makes me think of Spider-Man 3, where Mary Jane is singing, I'm through with love, I'll never love again. Bid adieu to love. It's she like sings the we- in the third one. Yeah, like it's the weird like jazz thing she does. Oh, we need to rewatch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man okay. trilogy. I, the only thing I remember from that movie is when he's like bad boy Spider-Man, but it's like the worst version of bad boy I Spider-Man. love that scene. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I love Spider-Man 3. I think it's great. Everyone hates that sequence because it's like, it's oh, it's so, so awkward. Dorky. But this is the thing. The Venom symbiote 
is making him not like himself. And that he's sequence... He's already a dork. But he's never been like this. Mm. And that sequence is designed to show, like, the impact the symbiote's had. And I think, as an audience, you instantly pick up on it. I, I refuse to hate on Spider-Man 3. Okay. It's only sin is too many villains and studio interference. So, Raph turns around and leaves the church. Yes. Which and you would. You've just been turned down by both twice. these sisters. Like, I'm done. I'm through so with love. So he turns around and leaves. He doesn't even really say anything. He's just leaving. And Taylor <laughs> starts to follow him. If I could turn back time. Yeah, and because we're doing this thing where we speak our first line. It's so She's bad. like crying as she says it. And it's really sad. Like, there's a lot of emotion there. But it's oh, just God. not a good way to go into no. this song. And then she stops and Maddie walks out and puts her hand and is like, you go for it. It's almost like she gives him the necklace back. Yeah, he's yours. Have fun. And so she's singing after him and running down the road after him and everyone from the church is following her. So and I'll say this. It's a wobbly start, but she gets so into it. Oh, this song's great. I love Raph walking away for what's left of his dignity. And everyone following him and her like I, chasing him and he's him like, being like, no. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you cry. You can do this, Raph. Just, just keep so, walking. Well, the crowd then follows him. Turns into a side street and runs up the stairs onto a roof. Except it's really quick, so it's like blinking your miss it. Oh, she's just suddenly on a roof. She's suddenly on a roof, which calls back the whole you've got to scream your yes. love from a rooftop. So she sings the last couple of um choruses on the roof. <laughs> and then he runs up onto the roof too. And do you want to sing her bits and I'll do what he does? It's so bad. She's like, if I could turn back time. Turn back time. He doesn't even sing. He just says it. He says, yeah. turn back time. Find a way. It's so awful. She's like, if I could find a way. Find a way. It's so <laughs> it's great. It's so, so great. great. And then, uh, so he says, <laughs> Taylor says, I love you. And the two of them kiss. Right. This is my favourite bit. This is my favourite bit. And it's not even planned. Yeah. Because we get the shot of them kissing. Oh my God, the bird. <laughs> right. We get this one bird just flying. And, and in my mind. This? Right. In my mind, you've got like a pair of birds. This is a family guy segue, but you've got a pair of birds. And one of them's just like, Dave. Dave, I'm gonna look. I'm going to do it, Dave. Watch me, Dave. And he's going to go, Dave. Because <laughs> it flies... <laughs> <laughs> really close to them does. like diagonally behind and them it's to so, the other building. so it's so so funny. funny why would you not reshoot that like oh there's a know. bird that got in the way it's not like they've let doves out for a big ceremony You're like oh no, it's just one see. bird it's that one flies bird. back in the background and then we cut and we see leona lewis we find out she's like i told you i was a bad liar and he's like what and she's like i am pregnant and enrique's like reactions oh my god oh my god <laughs> It was hinted at like once, but again, it's that it's the same thing as Lils and Mickey that they need more. You know, the only the only time we've seen them as a as a couple was when they were met, when she kicks him off the lilo, and then lies about being pregnant. And now, four times in a film for me to care about this moment, I don't. They needed to be more. Oh, yeah. In the same way that Lils and Mickey, you've had them talk about fish and chips. You've had her blast her ketchup in his face. Mm-hmm. And then you have her being like, actually, I want some fish and chips. There's not enough mm-hmm. through all of this. I tell you what, it's not just that she comes across very fat Amy. She also comes across very Nessa. 
Yeah. With the whole, like, open about her sexuality and stuff. Like, she's so Nessa as well. But that's that um, but that's what I mean. trope, isn't it? Exactly. That's but what, that's what this thinking. trope is, is, is it is just, like, the promiscuous, bigger woman mm. who owns her sexuality. Yeah. It's been done so many times. Like, these two characters are so lazy for the, the, the times that they're in. At least Lil's goes places through this. Yeah. But they've paired the wrong couples up. Like, don't hint at Lils and Mickey. Don't you don't need Mickey? No, he's not. He, he adds nothing other than looking great as Meat Life. That's true. But I again, if they did that beforehand. But again, they dressed the bigger guy as Meat Life. Mm. Why could he not have been? Um, he could have been Boy George. Boy George. Why? But why could he not have been George Michael as well? And Enrique is Meat Life. Yeah, it's easy. So, <laughs> Doug comes back. And he yep. interrupts them. They're talking about Maddie and Taylor are talking about how Maddie now doesn't have anyone, and she's like, "No, that's a good thing. I'm, I'll be fine. This is actually what I need to have yeah. right now." And Doug comes back and interrupts, and they have the conversation again. They talked earlier about how he has Peter Pan syndrome, like yeah. he is an adult man with adult man money, um, but he has no commitment, and he just wants to act like a little boy forever basically yeah and have somebody take care of him which maddie has no interest in doing anymore good for her growth yeah so while she's talking to him about that she's like oh i'm gonna make your peter pan dreams come true and he's i can't remember what his answer to her is he thinks she means something else he thinks that she's like i will be your wendy yeah that kind of thing but while he's doing that lil and Taylor have put a little harness on him. They've like clipped it round him. And then they're like, she's like, oh no, I'm going to help you to fly. And then they like wave to a boat and the paraglider like yeah, takes up. I like that. It's a great way to just get him dismissed. It's so funny. And then it, he is still on it at the end of the credits. Yeah, well, we get on it for, for Wake Me Up as our final yep. number. It's a really nice finale. It starts with Mickey singing for some reason. Like it definitely is like him and Lil's are now a couple, but mm, you whatever. know, whatever. My one issue with having this as the final song, my one issue, Zoolander did it. And I'd much rather be watching Zoolander, you know? Like, I've seen a film end with, wake me up before you go, go. This would have been a great way to... Just do another Walking on Sunshine. Yeah. would be fine. But certainly you could put wake me up somewhere in this. Mm -hmm. You know, but it just, right here as your closing song when... Other films have done it. Yeah. You know, it's okay. But the best bit was, you know, like you said, we cut to Doug still being on the paraglider going, wake me up before you go. It was hilarious. I had a great time watching this film. It may Mm -hmm. not sound like it. It's a film that you can put on and enjoy if you're not being like analytical like we are. I'd have enjoyed this if we just watched it and I wasn't taking notes. But, you know, because I take notes, I pick up on things that, you know, we shouldn't. But, yeah, it was a fun way to spend an afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, over on Instagram, 63% of people said, yes, this is a this is a fun film. We like this film. Yeah. But 37% saying no. One of our regular contributors, recent regular contributors, Joseph Smith, message saying this is a new one for me gonna have to watch it with you all so joseph i'd love to hear going into next week's episode Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear did you watch walking on sunshine did you enjoy it do you agree with any takes 
that I've said or do you disagree? I'd love to have those contributions post this show. Yeah. Over on Twitter, 7% of people said, no, it's painful. They're not fans. Mm-hmm. 33% of people said, it's okay. It's no Mamma Mia. And 60% of people said, yes, Danny will love it. The reason I, I make the parallels to the whole Mamma Mia thing is on the poster for it, which I, I'm showing you the poster now. Oh. The movie event of the summer with the greatest hits of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the review, it's a five-star review. It says, if you like Mamma Mia, you will love this. Yep. Right? So, it's not Mamma Mia. I didn't enjoy this no, as much obviously. as Mamma Mia. But Ray from Not Before Coffee did get involved in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, for more on Ray, check out her awesome podcast and listen to our episode of It's Your Favourite Musical Podcast where we talk about the slipper in the rose with her because she mm-hmm. knows musicals. She said, it's a fun yarn. It's not the best thing ever, but the songs are good. It's set in a beautiful location and may as well be an ad for holidays. Both the sisters are pretty self-absorbed, but I could stare at Raph all day. And as for Greg Rise, his role with the goatee, etc. was cringe, which I think is what it's supposed to be. But it's funny because she she also said she literally watched this last week as she was waiting for her new mattress to be delivered. The singing is about on par with the movie version of Mamma Mia, but the scenery is just incredible to look at. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite comments was from Spy Hearts. Yeah. Simply, I can't say I've ever seen it. Which is one of the things is, would we have ever watched this if not for this show? Probably not. And I, it's one of the reasons I'm so glad we're covering it. Because, you know, it's an interesting film to look at. Mm-hmm. That maybe not anyone else has heard of. You know, Joseph Smith hasn't watched this either. Yeah. I'd love if more people watch this because of our review. That'd be great. It would be great. What is your best song in this one? Because, okay, in t- this is a weird one because it's a jukebox. We're not talking about songs we like anyway. In the context, in the of, context this of this movie, what is your best song? Because they're all great songs I would have on a playlist and listen to anyway. Oh, of course. I love how... Um, I love... Oh my god, all of it. It's so funny. But the immediate one that like jumps is Faith. Yeah. That whole sequence is hilarious. The whole, the two of them. If you actually listen to the lyrics that they're saying, it makes sense in the context of the scene. And it's just super funny. Interesting though that you've chosen a song that maybe isn't the best sung. No, I know, right? But it kind of doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. I agree. It's very, very difficult. Mm. I said The Power of Love was my best song i love that sequence i think it's great and i think it works especially well in the context Mm -hmm. like i said earlier it almost feels like if you weren't familiar with back to the future like if you if you weren't familiar with any of the songs yeah this song feels the most like it was written for this yeah it just fits perfectly Mm -hmm. what's your skip song like what song do you think doesn't quite work white wedding I don't think it doesn't work. I think it works very well in the context of the movie because there's a lot happening while that scene's happening. But it doesn't help that I also don't like that song very well. And I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, the way that they sing the words White Wedding. Yeah. Because if you just sing, it's a nice day for a white wedding. Like, that's fine. But they do the wedding thing and I hate it. It doesn't really translate well to musical style. No. My Mm. skip song was Holiday. That's fair. Simply because I feel like of all of them, it feels the most manufactured that they've tried to make it sound 
like an actual song as opposed to a musical because mm-hmm. of the autotune. At least with Faith and... What was the other one they did? Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? No, yeah. not Don't that one. Don't You Want Me Baby. At least with those two songs, they weren't mm-hmm. the best performances, but they owned them. But this one, it's very noticeable with the autotune because no, nothing else has that kind of autotune texture to it. So for me, it doesn't feel like it belongs. Yeah. Who's your MVP in this one? Probably Doug. He made me hate him. And that's always impressive. And then Lil. I would say, yes, Doug is great as a character. But I think in terms of the person who does the most, mm. I would say it's Maddie. I think yeah, Ma- I understand. Maddie does a phenomenal job with her singing, with her dancing. You always know you're going to get energy and some great stuff. Like, I think everything she's involved with musically is fantastic. Yeah. You know, and if it's not the most accomplished singing with, with Doug, the chemistry is yeah. amazing. So I think she's my MVP. But the role I'd play would be Doug. That's fair. He's the only interesting male character for starters. Yeah. But I would have so much fun in a stage version of this, hamming it up mm-hmm. to be Doug. I just Yeah, that's true. I, I, this has the potential. Like, give it an extra half an hour. I and a bunch s- more 80s songs. A bunch so more 80s fine. songs. Yeah. I could see this on stage. It's not without its flaws. I would, I would change it from sisters to best friends, but... Mm-hmm. It could be transferred to a stage quite successfully. Yeah. Who would you want to play? Probably Maddie. She gets the best songs. Yeah. And like I said, Faith is my favourite song. Don't You Want Me Baby is a really good song. I probably want to be her. Yeah. Taylor's just not interesting. No, she's really not. You know, and just the fact that she's a liar and she's our main character. Mm -hmm. And she only tells the truth when she's been caught. And even then she doesn't tell the truth. Yeah. So I gave this two stars. That's fair. I enjoyed it, and I think it's a lot of fun. But I think at at the core of it, all the characters are so unlikable. Yep. I don't know who to root for. And like Ray said, it does feel like it's an advert to go to this place. Like it, it's a, you know, go, yeah, kind go of. To, but in terms of the songs and the actual like way it's been put, it is a beautiful film. It is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's salvageable. I think that one change to making it that they're best friends could have added a star on. Or, 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 you know. But when you're like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm I'm, going to tell the truth to my sister, but not the full truth. Yeah. It just makes her so unlikable. And how can you root for something where you just dislike the main character? So I'm just like, oh, Glimer. Second we get poor Judd is dead. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm done with him. I don't want him to succeed. He doesn't deserve it. I don't want to see Taylor happy. I don't like that they end up together. But it's fun. Go and check this one out. If you're in the UK, it's on Amazon Prime. It's 90 odd minutes. You'll have a blast. Like you'll be singing along. The narrative doesn't matter so much as it does. You get so many great dance numbers, beautiful locations. And, you know, the singing works as well. Mm -hmm. So... What will we be enjoying next week? Next week, we are going to be watching Miss Saigon. Cool. You know absolutely nothing about this one. No. We'll see if I can make you cry. (laughs) Is Madam Butterfly to do with this? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it an older one? Like an older show? Um, Well, it's from... 
1989. Okay. I was thinking it was Rodgers and Hammerstein, but it's... So it's it's a fairly recent one. It's a year older than me. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So we'll be back next week for Miss Saigon. And then, the week after that, we will be talking all about Frozen. I'm very excited. Because we will be there. So excited. Opening night. I have so many things to say about the musical version of Frozen. I have been waiting ever since it was announced. Because I love Frozen. Over a year. No, I, I don't mean... For London, ever since Frozen, the film came out, and shortly after, they're like, we will do a show. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes, because Frozen is one of my favourite films. And we'll talk about that in two weeks. So make sure you are part of the conversation and keep yourself updated on everything we do. And you can do that over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Get yourself involved in the conversation. Tell us your thoughts on Walking on Sunshine. Did you, like Joseph Smith, watch this for the first time? Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Do you yeah. agree with my thoughts? Do you disagree? What do you think of Miss Saigon? Is this one I'm going to like? Is this one that I am going to hate? And have you been lucky enough, if you're across the pond, to have already seen Frozen the Musical? Are you going to go see Frozen in the UK? What are your thoughts on Frozen as a film? Should they just have left it there? Should they have let it go? We want to know all your thoughts in advance of us seeing Frozen. So get involved in the conversation. Make sure you subscribe to us so that whenever a new episode drops, you are the first to know. You can find us over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section. You can find us on Stitcher and you can find us on our OG hosts, Podbean. You can also find us on Good Pods. Which is quite exciting because we charted there. Cool. We were quite high in the indie charts, which I really like about that is you have a little button. So if you want to support independent podcasters, you can go over to Good Pods and you can look at the charts and there's a little indie only button. So you might find something that you never heard of before and support some great indie pods. Nice. If you like what we do, you can, of course, go over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a five-star review, or you can go over to podchaser.com and you can leave us a review there as well, which always makes our day when we get any nice reviews. So thank you to anyone who has ever left us a review or told a friend about It's a Musical Podcast. We love you. You make our lives so much better. Mm -hmm. Until next week, where we'll be talking Miss Saigon. See you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. And as usual, have a magical musical Monday.